Folks, episode 14 of Video Vampires. This is Mickey. And Jessica. All right. Um, we have a lot of catching up to do because our last episode, the Halloween one, we didn't yeah. really... We kind of broke format for that one. So, uh, Jess, what have you seen in the past few weeks? So, I saw... So, I saw Thor, Ragnarok. Yeah. I really liked it. It's really cheesy and funny and enjoyable mm-hmm. um i like that they played more on the like kind of buffoon character that thor is yep. but like he's strong and handsome but like he's also right you know kind of an idiot and um oh, tessa thompson man i think i'm in love with her i don't know who that is so she plays valkyrie in thor ragnarok okay um she ha- she's like a really great new addition to it. She's like a strong female character. She's like really not warm at all. <laughs> but like, you know, she's like one of those like, I got a heart of gold still, you know, right. but like she's a tough character and she's like just this babe man and she kills it. And uh, I-, I like the director of Thor Ragnarok. Oh yeah. Okay. So he's in it. I oh, don't. He? Yeah. He, well, kind of, he plays this like rock character Okay. and he is so funny. He yeah. adds these like little tiny, like sly witty comments that really make it funny. Did you see what we do in the shadows? Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. He directed it, right? Yeah. And, and, he and did, he's um... in it too. Oh yeah, he's. I remember now who he is. Um, Yeah, I'm. I really am impressed by it. I think I like this more than I liked any of the other ones. Okay. Um, And I feel like the other ones are kind of forgettable. Like people were like, "Oh, what happened to this guy?" I was like, "I think they all died, but they didn't." I want to see it. I'm just kind of like I'm kind of tapped out from all the. I agree. I was really hesitant, and it is because that universe is so enormous and annoying. Yeah. That I think this was a good kind of. Uh, like a side card to all the other movies. It was like okay. really fun and funny and enjoyable. I saw it twice. Oh, did you? Yeah, because okay. I had a friend who didn't see it and I was like, yeah, I'll go. And it I was mean, still funny. I want to see it because I love what we do in the shadows. Mm-hmm. I like Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. And I like Jeff Goldblum, so. Jeff Goldblum was great in but it. But it's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh my God, another comic book movie, you know, yeah. like I can't. And then now that, you know. It's Mar- so oversaturated. And now Disney's going to do the same thing with the Star Wars movies. They just announced, like, another trilogy. What? Yeah. And I just, I remember... I'm over it. Yeah. I remember, like, years and years and years ago when I was, like, when there was, like, in two, three years, you're going to have another Star Wars movie or another comic book movie. And it was like, oh, great. I have all this time to, to build up excitement. Whereas now it's like, I think every year there's, like, four comic book movies. And then now there's going to be a Star Wars movie every year. So no. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot to hold on to. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's very much so. Um, I also saw <coughs> three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, I want to see that. Um, which is Martin McDonough. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, I don't know, unless you know his movies, they're very quick and dark and sad but funny, mm-hmm. um, which is similar to this one. Um, Frances McDormand? Yeah. She's great. She's like she is. probably one of my favorite actresses. Uh, 
I really like her in this. I also like over identified a little bit too much. I was like, oh, this is gonna be me. Yeah. In like twenty years, this is me. <laughs> I know this. This is it. Uh, if I lived in a small rural town in Missouri. Missouri, yeah. yeah. Um, Woody Harrelson's good in it. He's pretty good in everything. He is, and he plays these same characters, you know. But yeah. I think I'd enjoy him. Sam Rockwell. That Sam Rockwell, I think, is so underrated. He is. Uh, he. I, I thought, think I was having a conversation about his past performances in like the Green Te- Mile, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. Wait, he's in that? Yeah. He plays, is he really? Yeah, yeah. He plays one of the. Uh, the thugs, the teen thugs. No. Yeah. Uh, that's really funny. I totally did not. He took his guy to the galaxy though. Um, He's great in. He is in choke. Yeah. Um, based off that book. Galaxy Quest, which you know, Katie turned me on to. Yeah, he's uh. He's, Who's he in Galaxy He's Quest? like that. I love Galaxy. He's Quest. that like you know the like the dork at the convention who like organizes it oh, and then yeah. he gets sucked into there. Yeah. So he plays and uh, Sam Rockwell has this really great kind of dumb face. Like he has this like. Yeah face that he makes when he's thinking in this this kind of dumbed down character but sure. I did he's great in it yeah. um it, it is funny and violent and sad and I want to see it uh it was good and then oh. I saw another movie and I can't remember what it was now oh the the Orient Midnight Murder uh, <laughs> Murder on the Orient uh, Express it was so you know, based on the classic Agatha Christie novel I didn't hate it but it was like so it was like someone was trying to mash Wes Anderson and Guy Ritchie together, and it was just like so predictable. And it looked like they were trying to make like a take this like like again this classic story and trying to yeah. turn it into like an event movie. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was not. I, I didn't hate it, but like I, I was like almost falling asleep at the end of it, and I was just like, oh, okay, uh, is this over yet? Well, um, my parents, you know, both my mom, my my stepdad were really um, into mysteries. And they, you know, they watched a lot of the Hercule Poirot, like, yeah. you know, you know, PBS stuff. And like, I, so, you know, I saw the trailer for this, I was getting excited. I was like, oh, this person's in this part, this would be great. Yeah. And then Kenneth Branagh shows up with that ridiculous mustache. And I yeah, was like, it's like, oh. It's like a weird beard mustache. Yeah. I hate it. I was staring at it the whole time. I was like, I hate his mustache. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, I like his stuff when he's doing Shakespeare. I don't really care for it any other time type of yeah i didn't see the first thor movie because i was just so is he in it he directed it oh did he yeah, really yeah. and he directed well he directed the one I feel bad. He, i'm like that's he directed incredible. he directed murder on the orient express too okay and he was in it i mean he he often acts in the movies that he he's also in except for wild wild west i just i kind of just saw it because i was bored and i sure I, I was like oh this is a movie i haven't seen yet but Honestly, it's really forgettable. I don't know. I think, uh, what's her name, Michelle Pfeiffer is trying to come back, but she's been in two movies that I really, one, didn't like, and then two. What was the other one? Mother. I fucking oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. And I'll, I'll, I still Ugh. haven't seen it, because I don't know. So bad. Um, let's uh, see. Who else was in it? I don't even remember. Johnny oh, Depp. Daisy Redley. Yeah, Johnny Depp, which is like, his whole personal thing is. Yeah. It's like. Get it together, bro. Yeah, get it together. But he looks cool as, like, this gangster guy with all these scars and, like, all menacing. Cool. <laughs> That's about it. I, um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I saw since we did the Nightbreed episode, but yeah. I, uh, I did see the, that Netflix movie, The Babysitter. Oh, yeah. Directed by Mick G. And, uh, I, I, a lot of people were freaking out about it. A lot of people love it. I am not one of those people. Um, I thought it was pretty bad. Uh, really? Great premise. I didn't see it. 
great premise. It, the idea is that the kid's babysitter. It, you know how like in the in the horror movies, it's usually like the babysitter's the hero. Yeah. He's protecting the kid, and this one, the babysitter is the villain, mm-hmm. you know, and she's part of this, like, the satanic cult that's going to, like, sacrifice this kid. Or I can't remember. Something. Okay. Something, I mean, it was so, the thing is, the premise alone was great, but they really amped up the comedy. Yeah. You know, and you didn't have to. Like, the premise alone mm-hmm. was funny that you could have just let it be. Yeah. And it would have been great. And then uh, a friend of mine, uh, who I think we're going to have on at some point, he mentioned, he was like, I loved it because it was like... Home Alone taking to the next step. And I was like, yeah, but I feel like Home Alone to the next step is all of the Saw movies. And I'm okay with that, you know? <laughs> Actually, yeah. It is. That's like a... Well, it is. He it, just grew up into be a murderous... It's funny because years and years and years and years and years ago, like maybe early 2000s, my friend and I were like, wouldn't it be great to have a sequel to Home Alone, but kind of mix it with Silence of the Lambs where like Kevin <laughs> becomes a psychopath who's just torturing people with like weird like booby traps. And then the Saw movies came out and we were like, oh, there you go. Somebody yeah. had that idea too, but uh, no, the babysitter wasn't that great. The actress in it, Samara Weaving, the one who played the lead, she's fantastic. Like yeah. the actual girl who played the babysitter was great. What's her name Bella. No, uh, Samara Weaving. And oh, Bella Thorne was. Yeah, that's her stupid. She's one of like she's some like the whole idea is that you know the babysitter's part of this cult. Oh, and she's everybody, one of them. yeah, and everybody kind of fits like a, a cliche. Like there's the jock. There's the, like, prom queen type character. There's the token black guy, you know, which I think that's his character is he's the token black guy. Yeah. Uh, but, it you know, it just wasn't that good. It wasn't that scary. Um, it wasn't scary at all, you know. And I just, yeah. I, I just, it, there's this episode of um, X-Files, which I know you're not really, you weren't a, not as a familiar guy. with. But yeah. there was this great episode where um, the PTA in this small town are all mm-hmm. Satanists. Okay. And what's that sounds great, cool. It is. It is really cool because <laughs> that alone is funny, but they yeah. don't try to make it a fun... I mean, it, there's moments of, like, really dark humor in that episode, but they still are managed to be creepy while having this inherently funny premise Yeah. that, like, they don't have to, like, go overboard with the comedy because it works as it, works as it is, you know? Um, that's kind of what I wanted out of The Babysitter, and I didn't feel like I got that. I felt like it was a really bad... Uh, movie the kid I just didn't care about and it was like yeah. you know what the movie felt like the movie felt like somebody like one of the cool kids is finally catching wind of something that's like pop, like really cool <laughs> you know um, yeah like when I say cool kids I mean like with quotation marks whereas like you know there's this whole trend of like retro-esque films so the, this yeah. film kind of tried, felt like it was like in the 80s I mean it was it takes place now but it had that like feel to it mm-hmm. but um, they just they get it wrong you know they overcompensate. That's what this movie felt like. So I was really let down by that. Um, I was not let down by Stranger Things season two. Yeah, I was going to bring that up too. I It's funny because some people who I talked to thought it was it was boring. Um, I liked it. I think I liked it more than the first season. I I did too. At first I wasn't sure because what made the first, the first season so interesting was even though it's all you know, playing off retro and nostalgia, it still felt fresh, you know? Yeah. It was new. It was something we hadn't seen in a long time, you know? Like, it it was, like, something exciting. And then season two, you're already kind of at that place. So it it didn't have that, like, immediate, like, ooh, this is something different, you know? Yeah. That being said, I feel like the first season, like, I feel like halfway through the first season, they found out they were going to be able to do a second season. So they kind of scrapped some ideas and they kind of left it. So first season kind of felt... Um, 
open-ended but not in the right way yeah where season two feels like yes there's there's gonna be but there's an actual story yeah there's a story that like completes and there's good but yet there's still a season three that in the horizon and uh i'm not gonna give anything away but i mean because some people haven't watched yet but i have to say that my favorite part of the entire thing was the whole they took the worst character from season one her shitty boyfriend and she, they made him the best character yeah, in the world. Yeah, actually, like, he's yeah, way more likable. I want to see, I want to see a spinoff with him and Dustin as like this oh. weird buddy cop, like, like you know, yeah. their, their whole banter <laughs> just really, you know, warmed my heart a lot, you know. And um, I really, I really loved, I really enjoyed season two. I burned through that pretty quick. I burned through it right before Halloween, mm-hmm. and then you know, Halloween. I I went to the uh, Santa Monica, the Arrow Horror oh, Marathon. Yeah. Uh, which was great. It was fun. It was awesome to see America World in London, which I've seen so many times that I don't even watch it as a movie anymore. I'm watching it like I'm watching yeah. open heart surgery. Where like I'm the like, prosthetics. And yeah. The, I'm like, yeah, you're I'm, like, wow, wow, wow. I'm also studying like the, 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 how there's, I don't feel like there's many horror movies that have a comedic element to it that are as successful or nail it as well. That are as, still, yeah. That are right. still scary. Right. Um, or just nail that comedy part, you know, like, uh, the opening banter between Griffin Dunn and David Naughton is just like, there's something so authentic about it that a lot of, when you see movies now with like a horror, like Shaun of the Dead, which I do love, like, I feel like there's something about their, the banter that feels kind of like, um, I, I, I can't put my finger on it. It's realistic like, or? not, it doesn't feel realistic. Whereas in America, we in London when they're like. When they're trudging through the moors and they're mm-hmm. like freaking out of like, and they're just, but they're still being funny, you know, like yeah. there's something just seems so natural. Seems so like this is what you would, it would be like if you were with your friends yeah, and you were in a scary situation. Whereas with like other horror comedies like Shaun of the Dead, the band, the dialogue is like, would you really be having that conversation while you're in the midst of this? Like, mm-hmm. I love it. It's funny, but it feels stylized. Whereas American Woman from London feels very natural. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Popcorn was on the big screen, mm-hmm. which we talked about, as well as the Arrow Marathon, um, you know, so... That's it, cool. Yeah, it was really cool, but the funny thing was is that, uh, you know, people were laughing a lot during the movie, and I was like, I laugh a lot. I, I was sitting there thinking about it, like, after, I was getting pissed because people were, like, were taking the piss out of it, and then I thought about it, I was like, you know what, after our episode, I love this movie, but yeah. even after the episode, I was like you know, cracking wise about all of these different things about popcorn. So I had to, like, learn that, like, other people were having the same reaction. It's them laughing at it wasn't making fun of it. It was enjoying mm-hmm. it, you know. Um, after that, they played The Tingler, which I had never seen oh, before. Oh, yeah. That was a lot of fun. Um, kind of a great, weird melodrama with, like, a weird parasitic monster uh-huh. subplot. Uh, they didn't obviously they didn't wire the seats or anything like that, but they did. Like, that would have been cool. <laughs> at one point, they did do the lights out. You know, uh-huh. like they did the old spook show riff where they like they all I like lights it. went out, and then the lights came back on, and there was somebody in the audience passed out. Yeah, and the, the you know the the arrow staff was like, oh, there's somebody who's you know falling unconscious, and it was like all oh, that's was, awesome. It was it was a lot of fun. That's so cool. Uh, the next movie was Hack Lantern, which I was telling you about before we recorded, which mm-hmm. was not the movie that I wanted to see at like three thirty in the morning, just because. <laughs> It was, it, it, it's, I, I, there was moments that were enjoyable, and I'm sure I would watch it again and, ha- and get a kick out of it, but um, I also think it got hyped up a lot. People, I've read about it, and people were like, this movie's great, and it's like, you and I have different definitions of great, apparently, or like, there's no, yeah. there, or this, that was a liberal use of the word great, you know, mm-hmm. where, um, 
Hackland, and then we saw Shocker, which yeah. we talked about the Wes Craven episode, and I, I just love that movie, and I could watch that, you know, I used to watch it all the time, you know, like I would, if I was going to write, I would pop on Shocker, there's something so innocent and sincere about the love story in that movie that is so, you know, it's so <laughs> shitty, like it's so bad, but I love it, I just love that movie, and um, you know, it was great, and then like nobody like talked shit, everybody clapped, everybody cheered when they saw Wes Craven's yeah. name pop up, it was... Of course. It was fun, and then um, I did actually skip out on um, Brain Scan. Yeah. Just because I was like, you know, I watched it recently, and I do enjoy it, but... I think it's on Netflix or something. I was it's thinking about rewatching it. It's yeah, good. Yeah, Shutter. It's, it's fun. Uh, Brain Scan, and then the last movie was Deathbed or something like that, and I was just like, you know what? <laughs> like, Stephen, uh, Steve Sears and I, we were both just like, there's no shame in quitting right like, now. So uh, we no. So we, uh, we, we called it a night, and... We're uh, old. Yeah, five movies in, I think that's pretty good. That's a lot. That's like ten hours. Yeah, American Wolf in London, uh, Popcorn, The Tingler, Hell Night, Shocker. That's five movies. Yeah. That's pretty pretty that's impressive. Pretty and it, the other thing, too, is that they don't just show movies <clears throat> at the marathon. They like they show, like, um, there's, like, you know, again, they play the same commercials over and over again, but they also play, like, a specific music video they've played every year. Yeah. Uh, they kept... Referencing, they kept showing clips from this one episode of Telly Savalas telling this like ghost story, uh-huh. like a, some celebrity ghost story thing. So then they played that whole episode, and it was really, it's cool. It was a lot of fun. It's fun, yeah. yeah. So I mean, but you're there for longer than than you think, and that's good. But um, I forgot. Uh, so I I was told we're we're. It's, we're about due for a John Carpenter mm-hmm. episode, but I did rewatch Assault on um, Precinct 13 recently. Yeah. Uh, which is, I haven't seen it in a really long time, but, you know, I went to his show on Halloween. I was going to say, you went, you went to see him on Halloween. Which is, he is so perfect, and the vibe there is so cool because everyone is just psyched to see him, yeah. you know? And, like, so... And that, I, was, and that, that show was similar to the one that you and I went yeah, to. They're, yeah, they're very similar. It's, it's like, his collective, but... Yeah. Um, Assault in Precinct 13, that scene that, like, when they're all in the car, he plays it while he's performing, yeah. but they're all in the car, and it's like, bum ba da da dum Yeah, I love bum, it. bum ba da dum It is so, it's like a perfect scene. Like, yeah. it just looks cool. They're riding, they're all stone-faced, like, and then the, the music's in. Like, that is a perfect it scene. It is. And, uh... It's a great movie. Yeah, it made me, also, it makes you appreciate John Carpenter a little more, too, especially... You're like, this dude is so badass. He's, like, 70 years old. He's, like, playing the shit that, like, he made. Right. Except for the thing, which he, obviously... Well, yeah, and, and, Mark, and Marconi, like... but... But, the, um, well, the funny thing is that, like, I didn't see him this year, but I did get the, um... I got the anthology yeah. vinyl, you know, where it's, like, all his, you know, his... Basically, what we... The show that we saw a year or two ago, mm-hmm. like, it's the same thing on vinyl, you know, not live, obviously, but, like, yeah. you know, uh, that... And that score, those scores are fantastic. I, I love it. Anyone who sees them, it's it's the same show, but it's like so cool. Like you just want to soak up all of his coolness. Yeah, it's just that, like my only, like like when yeah. they do, they live. He like they all put the glasses on at the same time, <laughs> and then they go into it, and you're like, ah! I, I just remember when we went and saw him last time. Like when he's like, you know, he's like got this like script that he follows, but yeah, I kind of love it where he's like. Better watch, you know, he's like, you know, all I ask for you is to drive home safely tonight <laughs> because Christine is out there. Yeah. And then they go into that and you're just like, he's probably been saying that every night. But it's it's still like so good and you yeah. want to hear it too. You're like mm-hmm. waiting. You're like, oh, here it comes. He's going to say it. It's just, it yeah. is so, it's like cheesy goodness, you yeah. know? We're going to definitely have to do a John Carpenter yeah. episode. Um, I think we're about due. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um... Kind of switching gears, we, uh, you know, now that we 
we kind of covered everything we saw. Uh, we watched a, um, a 1988 film directed by Robert Englund. Yes. Uh, 976 Evil, which... It's like a classic now. It's like a cult classic. I think it is. I think it is, yeah. I'm, uh, funny story about it real quickly before we dive in. Um, in high school, we had this crazy... I say funny story, then I'm going to dive right into this. But um, we had a murder happen in our town. Mm-hmm. And it was uns- well. I mean, first the lead, the woman had disappeared, and then you know they found out that she reappeared dead, uh-huh. and that it was her husband who did it. And so they arrested him a week later. Uh, my friends, I I just want to kind of put that out there because there was that there was, <laughs> there was that, a murder. Well, there was a weird that it was a writer. It was the week before Halloween. Yeah. So there's that vibe, you know. Um, and uh, so a week later, you know, we you know the week before Halloween, my friend's parents are having a Halloween party that only adults. Yeah. Just for growing up, so he's staying the night at my place. So we, we go over and stack of movies. I can't remember most of them in there, except for Demons, which we did in episode, what, two? And yeah. uh, 976 Evil. At the same time this night, another friend of ours, his parents are away for, you know, the weekend, and he's sneaking his girlfriend in while his sisters, or his older sisters, or quote, I guess they're, like, they're there to, like, kind of keep an eye on him, but, yeah. like, you know, uh, kind of a lax thing. But, like, um, you know, he's sneaking his girlfriend into the basement, and they're like, <laughs> I don't know what base they, they, they reached or what they were going for, but I know that he was really nervous about it. <laughs> so, my friend my friend and I, my friend Jim, who's spending the night, we, uh, you know, we pick up the phone, we wait till a late time, you know, like, probably around, like, midnight, we call his house, right? Mm-hmm. Just to freak him out, you know? He answers the phone, he's like, hello? And we don't say anything. We're just, like, we're just, like, trying not to laugh, and we, we hang up the phone, because we, we think he's... We figure he's thinking it's probably her parents or his parents or somebody. You know, we're really just trying to like ruin his yeah. night. You know, <laughs> and um, we start watching Nine Seven Six Evil, and there's this whole thing with like um, you know this woman running around the city. You know, this weird empty town, mm-hmm. and the phones are all pay phones ringing, and the the sound of the phone ringing in Nine Seven Six Evil is so. Um, it stands out. Yeah. And one of the reasons why is because, you know, we're watching this movie and we're like, what? You know? And it's the opening and there's there's that weird, like, phone ringing, which I'm probably going to place into this uh, podcast right mm-hmm. about here. <laughs> Two seconds later, do you remember Star 6-9? Yeah. So my friend Star 6-9. Oh, no. So the phone rings and my, my buddy and I... We're on opposite ends of the couch, and we both both basically jump into each other's arms. We were like, "Holy shit!" Because we were just like so engrossed in this opening for uh, Nights of the Evil that uh, so my friend started sixty nine us. We didn't answer. We knew because yeah. I had caller ID on my phone, so I was like, "No fucking way, I'm answering that." <laughs> but uh, we definitely jumped. Um, yeah, I was gonna say that that there's something really eerie and creepy about having a payphone phone ring. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter where you are, no matter what you do, if you're walking by it and you hear it, you're like, oh. Right. Um, and it is, I don't know, it's just, it's kind of perfect. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Obviously, but. And the thing is about this movie is, like, I usually hate now when, when you know, um, people are trying to make movies that are, like, relevant to, like, something going on now. Like, uh, there was that Unfriended movie where it's like... Oh, God. Right, exactly. And I'm like, wow, the second you do that, you're already dating yourself. Yeah. Whereas I have no problem with 976 Evil. And for those who don't, you know, aren't familiar, the 976, you know, area code was a toll-free... It was like a... Yeah. It was toll-free area code in the 80s. And the premise of this movie is this uh, this kid who is uh, picked on relentlessly. He, he's got an older cousin who's, like, kind of, like, a badass, like, a cool badass. Yeah. Lives, lives in the house next to him. 
and his mom is, uh, you know, this kid's mom is like oh, this I crazy religious nut. Yeah, but he gets picked on all the time. He stumbles across this nine seven six area, this this horoscope, you know, number, and he ends up calling it and getting his, you know, horoscope, and then also getting powers and becoming this like monster who gets revenge on. Yeah, you know, everyone who's everyone. ever wronged him. Um, right. Yeah, Sandy Dennis. Sandy Dennis is, is the mom. Great. I I do love her. It's so exaggerated, but really funny still. Yeah. Um. You know. Sandy Dennis. Number was eight in. on the Bible. Yep. Number <laughs> eight on the Bible. No stealing. Yeah. Like, yeah it's just so. And then, Thou shalt not steal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she her was, wigs and her look. It's just so. What's that movie? Um. Can't remember. They're like fish or monsters, and they have, she has those like glasses and the wig too. It reminded me a lot of that. No idea. Ugh, it's uh, like some Pixar movie. But <laughs> Sandy Dennis was in uh, Parents, which was our first yes. episode. Um, actually, the funny thing about this this particular movie and the fact that we watch this is it's a lot. It's a lot of it's going to tie into other stuff. So Sandy yeah. Dennis, um, who plays the mother. Um, Real quickly, I gotta mention Stephen Jeffries is the lead character. Stephen Jeffries was the standout, one of the standout parts of Fright Night, which is a movie that's very close to my heart. Yeah, I I had no idea about his 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 others porn career. Yeah, it's funny. It's because I looked him up. I was like, damn, I haven't seen him in anything. And then I was like, oh. Not that anything is wrong with doing no, porn. No, it will. I mean, that's the thing. But that, like, I was like, "What movie is Blazing Butts?" And then I was like, "Oh, this, this is this is not okay." Right. I see. Well, that I'm was the, go look it up. Well, later. that was the weird thing is that he went. He had this weird career path where, like, he was going. He was like a lot of magazines were like, or a lot of like, you know, industry magazines were like, "This is the actor, like one of the young actors to watch out for," because like. Look, he was never going to be a lead outside of something like Nine Seven Six Evil. Yeah. But as a character actor and as a, like a, as a supporting character, like he was, uh, he was destined. He won. I think he was nominated for a Tony. Really? Yeah, on stage. And then he like so he did Fright Night. Yeah. He decided he didn't want to do Fright Night Two, and he'd rather do this. Yeah. You know? Um, and and then after this, he just kind of disappeared for a little while, and then he reappeared using an alias and doing porn, hardcore porn. Um. You know what? He has this look, which is similar to the to the Jonathan Byers look, uh, which you don't know if they're seventeen or thirty five. Yeah, it's really weird. I don't know. It's like the, I don't know if it's like the weird comb over, but they look the same. They have the same hair, and you're like, is this fucking guy seventeen or yeah. is he thirty five? Like you really can't tell, but it works as like a seventeen year old. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, he totally reminded me of that. Also, uh, let me say really quick that that's in my brain. Jonathan Byers is a little ass poser. How do you not know who uh, who fucking Susie is? Remember? Do you remember where he's like, oh, is that Kiss? Oh, and Susie and the Band. That made me so mad. Yes, okay. Listen, if you listen to Joy Division and all that shit, you better know who she is. That's true. That's, uh, that's Little ass true. poser. Okay, I'm done. All right, so uh, another connection to uh, our uh, previous episodes. Um, the director, Freddy Krueger, Robert Englund. Yeah. We also did Nightmare on Street 3. Um, and Tracy. She, uh, yeah, so the girl who plays, she's in it very briefly, she plays the cousins, like the badass cousin mm-hmm. who actually stumbled, who's the first one to stumble across the uh, the horoscope line. You know, he goes on a date, a pretty steamy date with uh, this girl who, uh, played by Leslie cool. Dean. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Uh, she played uh, Tracy in uh, Freddy's Dead. Yeah. The Final Nightmare, and she was also in an episode of Freddy's Nightmares. Um, yeah, the TV show. So, um, 
She, I, I think she's great. I really do. Um, if you listen like, to Robert Englund talk about her, uh-huh. he like he goes like in the documentary about Nightmare on Elm Street. He talks about like meeting her on mm-hmm. for Nine Seven Six Evil, and he, I mean, he compares her to like a young Jodie Foster, and I, mm-hmm. I could actually compare her more to like a young, attractive, talented version of Eddie, a female version of Eddie Furlong. Yes, which I totally see it. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I was looking and I was like, that's fucking, that's, that's. She said, it was like the pizza comment. Yeah, like, yeah, And yeah. I was like, damn, he's right, that is Eddie Furlong. Um, another, okay, so the movie was written by two people, mm-hmm. Brian um, Hegland, who won an Oscar for LA Confidential. Oh, okay. Also, Written by a guy named Rhett Topham, who wrote a movie called Trick or Treat, which we did ah. in the last episode. All right. So do you see how it's all coming together? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and then the, the rest of the cast is kind of like these great little, like, people who have done very, you know. Minimal. Uh, yeah, like, uh, Patrick O'Brien, who plays Spike, um, the cousin, the badass cousin. Yeah. Uh, only thing, you know, he was in 976 Evil 2, briefly playing the same character. I recognize him from a movie that I'm totally embarrassed that I used to watch Boy. all the time. I was like, God, why does he look so familiar to me? He was in a movie called No Holds Barred, which was a uh, 1987 movie starring Hulk Hogan. Oh. That I was obsessed with. Okay. Like, brutally obsessed with to the point where I tape recorded, not video, like tape recorded the movie. Like I played the movie on my TV and I had a cassette recorder recording <laughs> the audio so I could listen to it to go to sleep. <laughs> But instead of going to sleep, I'd get so amped from uh-huh. the movie that I would just stay up listening to this movie. Um, oh, man. So that's where he was. That's the other movie. J.J. Cohen, who plays Marcus, who's like the, he's the lead bully who yes. also runs the all-night marathon or the, the con- continuous yeah, horror marathon. continuous. Um, in town, he wears an I Eat Your Skin shirt. He was in Back to the Future uh, 2, 1, 2, and 3. He played one of the... Um, play one of Biff's, no, I don't know if he plays one of Biff's cronies or if he plays one of, no, yeah, it's one of Biff's cronies. Yeah, he looks really familiar. Him and Billy Zane and somebody else, you know. Billy Zane. uh, Who's not in Nights of Exodus Evil. Unfortunately. Uh, Darren Burroughs, who, um, his father's Billy Drago, who I think I talked about earlier, he, in another episode, uh, Billy Drago was in The Untouchables, he played Frank and Nitty, he played the guy who gets tossed off the roof. Oh, yeah. His, uh, and so Billy Drago, who was also in Vamp. Yeah. His son is Darren Burroughs. He's the guy who in the um, um, in the bathroom who gets slashed yeah, in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in uh, Northern Exposure. <clears throat> he was also in a movie that I uh, we're gonna have to do an episode on. I love called Class of Nineteen Ninety Nine. Yeah. Where uh, it's so so goofily bad and awesome, but he's in that. Um, and then Robert Picardo, who plays Mark Dark, he plays the guy with the raspy yeah. voice. Yeah. He was in The Howling. Yeah, he did he's, a bunch of... Oh, he's in a lot of Joe Dante stuff, too. He's in Gremlins 2. Mm-hmm. He was in Inner Space. He plays the cowboy. You've got to watch Inner Space if you yeah. haven't seen it, because that movie just... I can watch it anytime. He's, he's got a cameo in The Burbs. He plays yes, in The Garbage yeah. Men. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's in this movie for maybe three minutes. But, but yeah. it's it's great. It's a great three minutes, and I know that he he's not a fan of a lot of the movies he's done, but it makes me sad that he's not a fan of this one. Um, the funny thing about 976 Evil is... If I told you that this the movie was about an evil, tof, or, or you know hotline number, <laughs> an evil horoscope, yeah, what would you say? I mean, like you would expect it to be funny. Yeah, it's. I don't know how to uh, explain why it's so good, <laughs> but it is. Honestly, it still kind of works. Like it's been a long time since I've watched it, and I still really enjoyed it. 
and it's like ridiculousness and it's like always nighttime for some reason it's, it's good because it takes um, itself so seriously yeah it does and it's not it's not fun yeah it's it's a really it's kind of a sad yeah you know like uh Stephen Jeffries really plays this kid who gets the you know just really like the short end of the stick and then you know getting yeah always bullied yeah. and like like in really embarrassing. Yeah, and it's awful. not. Yeah. yeah, and like anytime he's gonna get a break, like he's a. There's a part where like you know the girl Leslie Dean's character, she's mm-hmm. on a date with his cousin. She kind of storms off and she runs into Stephen Jeffries and they go out to eat and everything. And like you're thinking like oh man this door they're like getting along. There's yeah, like a great like, like, montage and like mm-hmm. and then he gets not only does he get beat up by the bullies, but they also I mean and granted it's creepy why he has her underwear in his back pocket. <laughs> but he gets out in front of her and like yeah. and you know it's you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's like it's so funny to me the movie takes itself so seriously for a premise that you would think would be like a horror comedy. This movie just is completely serious. It doesn't have a lot of some of the humor is like some of the, like the laughing laugh out loud moments are not intentional, I think. You know? Yeah. But I don't know. It it, it just movie works for me. It yeah. really does. I think it's, and I actually don't, I never, every time we watch it, I always feel bummed out at the end, because I'm like, oh man, he was just a poor kid who just got like, you know, bullied, bullied and then he got a little power crazy, you know, and like, <laughs> um, you know, and I, there's just something about, you know, like, again, it's not only that like, you know, the, you know, Robert Englund took this, the subject matter seriously, I don't think he started off as the original director, I think they like... I think it was supposed to be somebody else, and then... And then he took on the project? I think he took on the project, and I think that New Line had something to do with that, because, there, you know, the whole idea is, like, look, when you, when, in 1980, what was this, 88, right? Yeah. 1988, Freddy Krueger is the biggest thing in the fucking world. Usually yeah. you got Freddy Krueger directing your film. That's... And it's, and here's the thing, he doesn't do an awful job. It's not like a... No. It's not like he's, no, look, no one's ever going to confuse Robert England with uh, Scorsese, you know? Mm. But I don't think Robert Englund... I think Robert England even knows that. You know what I mean? So I think he just... Yeah. But um, there is an atmosphere to the movie that's really, like... There's something... You know, there's a lot of, like... Um, look, let me put it this way. When, when in, in Mark Dark's office, when it's supposed to feel sleazy and gross, it feels sleazy and gross. Yeah. The weird movie theater, like, the weird projection booth where they're playing, like, uh, poker and stuff like that, feels seedy, you know? Like, yeah. Like, whatever the, the air... The environment calls for, they, they nail it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, it, it gets a little weird with the house at the end when it becomes like hell house, hell, yeah. hell house, and uh, and there's like a really bad graffiti that says like "Go to hell, mommy." Yeah. Like, <laughs> I like that. That's just what he demon him is doing. He's like, I'm gonna write this on the wall. Go to hell, mom. Right. Like it's it's funny. Just waiting for people to come by. Like mm, yeah, exactly. What yeah. am I gonna do? I'm gonna write this shitty ass graffiti all over the house. <laughs> right. No, exactly. And like that's the thing is and like and then the locker room like in you know, where where hoax Stephen Jeffrey's character and, and his cousin Spike are having that weird confrontation. Yeah. It's like very like misty and like very foggy and like I don't know. I, I think he does a great job, but what I was gonna say was that everybody commits to this movie. Like Sandy yeah. Dennis, you know, who's oh, constantly she's so good. Constantly referring to the Spike character is her wayward nephew. Yeah. Like, she says it so many times that I had to write it down because I was like, that's just great. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, and Stephen Jeffries, who, I mean, one could even argue that one of the reasons why Fright Night 2 wasn't as much of a success as it was, um, but it could be because Stephen Jeffries, because, like, at the end of Fright Night 1, they kind of tease that, like, his character is still alive. And yeah. originally, Fright Night 2 was going to feature his character, but he just... 
didn't... He didn't want to do it, and I don't... I'm not sure... I mean, I think I personally think it's because with Fright Night 2, the studio that decided to put it together didn't take it as seriously as they should have, and they kind of, like... I mean, Fright Night 2 looks like it's considerably... The budget is considerably lower than the first one. It's... From the the first movie was such a success that you would think that they would go bigger, but mm-hmm. with Fright Night Two, it seems like they went lower. And I feel like Stephen Jeffries was kind of like, "Why am I gonna get, you know go go through all that makeup shit that I went through?" Oh yeah, to to, to just for a movie that's they're not even gonna like they care about yeah, or like exactly. promote or whatever. Right. And so he and and plus again, yeah. you know, Robert Englund's directing this movie. Why not? You know, it's going to be a success, which I don't think Nine Seven Six Evil was. Yeah, certainly not critically. A lot of people shit on. No, it. No, I feel like now a lot of people know about it, but that's how it usually yeah. works. Well, that was the weird thing too, is that Sony just re-released it on Blu-ray, and this is not a movie that you would expect. And they like they did a pretty cool job. They like if you look at the packaging, it's done. It's the same VHS cover, mm-hmm. a little like it's got a little bit of the, the fake. Um, age and wear and tear mm-hmm. on the cover it's like they they're they were uh this is not the movie that i expected them to be like hey you know what we're gonna yeah. release this yeah but it, it got released and it's great because it has both the theatrical cut and the video cut which is what yeah. we watched and what i've always watched and that the only real difference is a few scenes with robert picardo but it's like like there's a scene where robert picardo takes him into um you know takes him into a room and he's like this is my 976 evil thing and he presses you know he shows him how it works um, that scene is in the original, but the scene where he's first talking to him in the office and like the, the, the guy calls him about his bills and he like, he does the whole thing. Yeah. That, that was not in the theatrical cut. And it's like, it's just a nice little moment, you know? And, it's like, <laughs> and again, like if you've got Robert Picardo in a movie, don't cut him out. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. Cause he's, he's so good at like playing whatever, uh, whether it's a werewolf, whether it's a, sh- a sleazy executive, whether it's a fucking arms dealer and. Yeah. Or whatever he is in inner space that like the cowboy who's probably got the line that my friend Megan and I still quote to this day, which is, you know, Big Jack don't not come. <laughs> which anybody who's seen inner space will will know that line. And mm-hmm. uh Robert Ricardo though, he's he's fantastic. So uh but yeah, everybody takes this movie so seriously and I love that. It's so committed. Yeah. It's committed. It is. Nobody cracks on it. Yeah, nobody does. Um, you know, and and one and like I said, like it, you're right, like this movie is coming around. You know, Alley Cat Graphics uh, did a, an amazing, yeah. amazing... Um, you showed me this before. Yeah, a pin. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good that I don't even want to take it out of its package. Yeah, you know, no, it's you like, can't. It's got, it's got like this little, like, you know, it's done like a little phone book, and you open it, it's got the... I mean, that's a pretty spot-on Yes, I took a picture of, the, of it. Yeah, Everyone um, was, like, freaking out about it. Of the, for your horoscope, 666 dial, 9 mm-hmm. evil, and then a great sticker of hoax with the two hearts, you know, a very famous scene. And then the pin, and it's like, I don't even want to put the pin yeah, on right? because it's just so good, and you know, and uh, and then, you know, like the the back and everything. But yeah, like, I mean, this is, this is what happens in Trick or Treat if um, Eddie Weinbauer did not, re- like, decide he wanted to, like, call off the whole revenge scheme. This is what 976 Evil becomes, you know, is, like, he gets power, and then he's, like, in, in Trick or Treat, he's like, oh, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna be- take a few steps backwards. In this one, he takes quite a few steps forward, and then you have like this carnage and some great scenes. Like you know, again, like uh, the the Freddie pun moment with like you know they're playing cards. Yeah, he comes in with two hearts, and he asks oh, and the can- fright night poster when he walks in the that is really good. There's a scene where uh, you know Stephen Jeffries walks into a room. He's already possessed or whatever he is and monsterized, and and he's standing right next to a fright night poster. 
Um, but yeah, like it's it's just a great little movie that, that deserves way more um, attention than it, it than got. It, yeah, you know? and yeah, the it it dates itself with the nine seven six you know shtick, but yeah, but that's kind of. Cooler. Yeah, but nine seven six was even dated in nineteen eighty eight because I think by nineteen eighty nine they were they were just it was just one night. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so uh, but there's something so and I, I feel like maybe a lot of the critical backlash was because of what I just said about like the movie like Unfriended where I'm like, ugh, really? Yeah. You know, but as a kid from of the eighties who looking back going, I remember the neon. I, I remember know. the you know, those those commercials. Maybe in like, twenty years kids will watch Unfriended and be like Oh my god, exactly. guys! Remember when we used to unfriend people? <laughs> right, and hopefully we'll we'll still be doing this podcast, and we'll do a, a counter episode shitting on those, <laughs> shitting on the youth of America. Um, if we're even still alive, yeah. yeah, in this country, alive. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I really I enjoyed Nine Seven Six Evil a lot. I know yeah, it's, it's not great. perfect, but it's not. But I think it's that's what makes it so good. Yeah. Is it's. It's ge- it's and, genuine. Yeah, yeah, it's genuine. Yeah, it's it's even when even if with its faults, it's genuine. And I really like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I aside from a shout out to Alley Cat Graphics in England who did that awesome Nine Seven Six Evil one, as well as the Fright Night one I showed you that comes in like a video box and like you yeah, open it. they just do cool. some really quality stuff. They got the pin game going down pretty good. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know anybody else you wanna. Um, as always, uh, Negamitis, I got a shirt from them, so they made a Ripley t-shirt, oh, uh, which is really sick. I should have brought it to show you, but, um, and then they started making, um, fuck, from Scream, what's her name? Sydney. Sydney. Yeah, uh, her on the phone. It's, it's really great. So they have these series, uh, they also have Arnold Schwarzenegger from Total Recall, when he's like... Like taking off the, uh, the the two weeks. Yeah, yeah. And he's like got this like wild look on his face, and his eyes are like, ah, you know, like. So what is this? Uh, so they start making t-shirts. They're usually pins, but they they came up yeah. with this t-shirt line. What are they called though? Mega Midas. They make um a shit ton of awesome pins. They made all these thing pins. The thing like the series of the hand. Yeah, and how would um, you find these? You just, you look them up. On that's That's what? an Instagram? Instagram that Google, Google.com. I'm not sure if you heard of it. I, I have heard of um, it, but I'm just, want, I'm just trying to make it easy for anybody listening who's yeah. listening to what you're saying going, this sounds great. Where can I find this? Yeah. Just, I think just it's Google just, it. yeah. Okay. .com. We'll, we'll also, <laughs> we'll try to mention it on Facebook. We'll give a specific link yeah. or something. Uh, Eric from Mass Syndicate, yeah. as always, got, oh, he came out with this, uh, uh it's like a collab, uh, with a coin. So it's, um, Charles Manson and what's her name? Susan Tate? Susan? Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate, Jesus. Um, it looks cool as fuck. It's like a whole series that um, they did of these serial killer coins. Um, it's really cool. Tight, tight. He did a Danzig's house. Did you see it? No, yeah. It's so funny. It's my favorite. I mean, I've driven pin. by it so Well, times. but it's a pin of Danzig's house and it has a thing well, of bricks, bricks in the front. That's funny. It's hilarious. That's very funny. Um, yeah, as always, check, uh, check his shit out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, and then maybe he'll come back on the show. Um, yeah, so guys, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you around Thanksgiving. Um, until then, have a great time, night, whatever. I don't know have where. Have a great life. That, that, Goodbye forever. That farewell kind of got, out, you know, got away from me. Have there. a great life, guys. Bye. See ya. See ya. <laughs>
From director Robert Freddy Krueger, England, comes a terrifying new film. Evil. Don't pick up the phone. Bye bye.